0: Michael Knowles of The Daily Wire gave a speech over the weekend where he said that no matter how much surgery is involved, men cannot be women and women cannot be men. And so now the liberal media is accusing him of, I guess, being literally Hitler? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show.
1: The problem with transgenderism is not that it is inappropriate for children under the age of nine. The problem with transgenderism is that it is not true. The problem with transgenderism is that it puts forward a delusional vision of human nature that denies the reality and importance of sexual difference and complementarity. The problem with transgenderism is that its acceptance at any level necessarily entails The complete destruction of women's bathrooms, women's sports, all of the specific rights and spaces that women currently have for themselves. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It's all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it is true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men and women really are different as we are, then it is false for everybody, too. And if it is false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. Have I made myself clear? That is
0: Michael Knowles from his Monday Daily Wire show, reading verbatim from the speech he gave at CPAC over the weekend. He calls for compassion for the transgender community, but he also calls for a return to objective reality. Now, you might disagree with Knowles' viewpoint, or maybe you do agree with his viewpoint, but you don't quite like how he said it, or maybe the fact that he said it out loud. But you cannot, in good conscience, say that he said anything genocidal in there but that didn't stop rolling stone huffington post and yahoo for saying that he called for genocide that he called for the murder of people who identify as transgender i mean it's insane to publish a headline like that but they let their articles and their malicious headlines stand until Knowles threatened them with libel you see these companies Have zero self awareness whatsoever. They missed the irony of them critiquing Noel's desire to return to the truth by lying about him. They lied about him while he was saying, you know what we need to do, guys? Go back to the truth. And these media companies were so brazen in their lying that they lied about something that was captured on video for the world to see so that the world could fact check the lies in real time. Now, one of the few people who actually got the story right the first time around and reported on what Noel said accurately was my friend Kennedy Hall from Site. He's not been on my show before, but I've been on his. And while I'm annoyed at the lies of the mainstream media, it's a really good opportunity to invite Kennedy onto my show to discuss the mainstream media's absolute apoplexy about somebody who might disagree with them on the issue of transgenderism. We're also discussing the treatment of a Christian pastor in Calgary, Derek Reimer. To learn more about his story, go to savepastorderek.com. At that website, you can make a donation to offset his legal fees. Reimer was just released from jail after the city of Calgary criminalized disagreeing with drag queens who read books to small children at the local municipal library. Is there some sort of correlation between men? In cross sex burlesque costumes and childhood literacy rates, that I am just missing somewhere? Can anybody help me with that? Anyway, here's my interview with Kennedy. Take a listen. Joining me now is somebody new to, I think, viewers of my show, but if you follow my Twitter account, you know that uh, I quite frequently interact with him. It's Kennedy Hall from LifeSite, but he's also an author, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. Thanks for agreeing to this interview, Kennedy.
2: Well, thanks, Sheila. Back when I had a radio show, you came on as a guest a few times, so it was my pleasure to return the favor.
0: That's great. Thank you so much. Now, you write a lot about things happening in the culture wars. Um mm-hmm. Because I think that's really the battleground for humanity. And um, one of the things that I found really fascinating over the last couple of days, and I'll get you to give us the backstory, you'll do a better job than I will. But Michael Knowles of The Daily Wire was speaking at CPAC and he gave a very reasonable speech and he was accused very quickly of genocide, literally genocide by the mainstream media you were one of the few people on the entire planet who got the story right the first time around so i'll shut up you tell us exactly what happened
2: sure so at the uh, what are they what's the cpac stand for conservative political action coalition i think um at the cpac conference down in washington area michael Knowles gave one of the speeches on saturday and actually i had to report on the thing all day i was uh, working a saturday And I watched a bunch of speeches and I have to say his was the best. It was far and away the best, Um, just very well scripted, very articulate, very uh, uh, packed a lot of punch. Anyway, his speech was essentially um, conservatives. Okay. You can't keep shaking hands with the sexual revolution and think you can remain conservative. So he started off the speech talking about, you know, he said, it's like conservatives are always defending something that uh, liberals were defending 10 years ago. And he said, you know, so in the 1970s, it was like, oh, those bra burning feminists saying they don't need a man are crazy. And then a few years later, well, that's fine. But they'll tell you that um, sexual revolution stuff. no, that's crazy. And then a few years later, he said, well, that sexual revolution stuff, that's that's OK. But that redefinition of marriage stuff. no, that's crazy. And then a few years later it was well that's fine but this transgenderism stuff now that's crazy and he says now it's well transing kids in grade three is bad but grade four is fine you know and this is just something sadly we see with conservative leaders i mean especially ours in canada you know and he said the thing is about the transgender issue is it's really just a matter of uh reality you know uh i get you know you and i are both catholics and okay we we believe traditional catholic beliefs on sexuality but i understand the logic of how you know somebody uh can still be a very traditionally minded person but maybe disagree on on certain aspects of how one ought to live in their personal life i get that Mm -hmm. but the trans thing it's medical like it's just you know you just uh you are a guy or you're not you know, it's not very complicated. It's not an ideology. It shouldn't be. This is very, it's like you have two, two legs and two arms. You have certain genitalia. You don't. I mean, these are very basic things. And he said, this is the sort of battleground where conservatives have to uh, stand firm. And he said, you know, of all the things conservatives cave on, the one thing in America they didn't cave on was life. And they won. And he says, so stop caving on everything. And, and then he finally said, and, and this is this th- the line that was the title of our article, because I knew it was going to be the one that would get the clicks. Um, but he said, you know, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life. Now, clearly, if you watch the speech, he did not say any persons had to be eradicated. He was talking about the philosophy of transgenderism this idea that you can deny reality. And that you can encourage children to do things that harm themselves in, an, in, a, in a perpetual way by having surgeries and so forth. He said, "This is insane. Everyone agrees that it's insane, and it just has to stop." And that's what he was referring to.
0: And yet, yeah, the likes of Rolling Stone—I think—if you search for the Rolling Stone article, you'll get their old headline first. But if you click through, it's the. Uh, We just got threatened with a lawsuit headline that actually (laughs) pops up Uh, and they wrote it up saying CPAC speaker calls for transgender people to be eradicated. Now, you can listen to his speech. It's on YouTube. He read from his speech on I think it was Tuesday's uh, Michael Knowles show. He just read his speech and he said, I choose my words very carefully. I didn't say that. And he, for Uh once, it's nice to see, although maybe it's a little more difficult in the United States to threaten people with libel lawsuits. Yeah, I don't know. uh, Because the bar is so high there. I think, you know, First Amendment country, I get it. Uh, But he threatened them with a lawsuit. And that's refreshing to see because it it follows the theme of his speech. Fight back back for truth in Mm -hmm. all aspects of your life, which he did. You know, he saw these hit pieces roll in and he said, you know what? You better fix that um, because this is libel, and they very quickly did. But he was written up as some sort of genocidal ma- um, genocidal maniac, like the pole Pot of the yeah. American conservative Christian right. But that's not that's not exo- a, at all what he said.
2: No, it's not. I I can relate. Uh, I released a book about masculinity back in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And I say in it, effeminacy, which means being an unvirtuous and soft man, that's what it means, must be eradicated. And people said, you called for the eradication of all gay men. And I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've been through this. I was literally one of the critiques. Um, the left, they don't have any arguments. They have to they—they they, they have to resort to you're literally Hitler. They have nothing else. So, uh, but it's interesting uh, Knowles uh, talking about this idea in his speech. I don't know if you uh, saw, he reported on his show about Nayib Bukele, the um, the president of El Salvador. And uh, there was a a, a section of a, a press conference of his that kind of went viral. And he talked about why he was throwing all of the um, criminals in jail the way he was, which just seemed like they're in jail because they're criminals. Um, <laughs> right. But he's but he, basically, and El Salvador is one of the most corrupt gang ridden earth those mara salvatruchas and all these sorts of gangs and um they basically run the country and he's i can't believe he hasn't been epsteined yet because he took a crusade against it and um but he used an analogy he said after the nazis were in charge in germany the country of germany cleansed nazism from the country and he says they were unrelenting uh they literally broke they they didn't dig up the graves but if someone had a tombstone with a nazi symbol on it they had took down the tombstone and put a new one up uh you know if you if you spray a swastika on the train station or something it's like you're in jail for like five years like not even a chance of a defense you know there's just it might sound harsh but the point is is that there's just a certain disorder that's so uh it's such a disease in a culture Uh, that the state exists for a reason and it's to ensure the common welfare and the public and the public good. And this thing has to be eradicated. Um, And he said, gang stuff is like that in our country. It's destroying the country. It's destroying families, it's destroying lives. You know, we have to go nuclear on it. There is no other option. And I think Knowles was referring to that mentality of, again, people are going to choose to live the way they want in their personal life. What he's saying is, all, all, you know, all um, shadows of this must be removed from public life because it's actually bad for the human race as a whole.
0: Yeah, it, uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm. I try not to turn the show into Sheila's Catholic catechism hour, um, but, <laughs> you know. But, well, you shouldn't uh, have
2: invited me on then. Uh, well,
0: but at the same <laughs> time, I lead with my chin. I always tell people, unlike the CBC, I want my bias yeah. to be clear to the viewer. And I think they're smart, too. They can see right through it. Um, so I, I think even people who are not like me, who don't see the world through a very specific worldview, they can believe in objective truth. And yes. like like you said, people can choose to live their lives however they see fit in their private lives or even in, you know, in their lives. But it is objective truth that no yeah. matter the amount of medical procedures, a uh, man is a man and a woman is a woman and however we alter the outward appearance it doesn't change the biological reality of that individual and to tell mm-hmm. someone otherwise is unkind and cruel
2: it's also like you know you and i were talking about this quickly before we came on the air how did this happen so fast like <sighs> so i i was a teacher i was subsequently canceled i haven't actually gone public with the story yet all the way but i was reprimanded by the ontario college of teachers for my catholic beliefs i have it on recording uh and i taught in a catholic school anyway um but, but Josh uh
0: alexander do you <laughs> it well, like... it was,
2: yeah, it was like, um, well, it's like what Peterson's going through right now with mm-hmm. the um, psychology board. Yeah. I was told my Catholic beliefs were abusive to students. That was literally what they said. Anyway, so, um, uh, but I remember teaching this grade 12 class in 2015, 2016. And I loved wow. this class. It was a great class. And it was a religion class. And I there was that video that went viral. Remember that video, college kids say the darndest things it was like one of the first vi- uh, videos about the transgender ideology it was mm-hmm. from the family policy Institute of Washington or something went around to college campuses, you know, okay. Can I identify as a man? Sure. Okay. Can I identify as a, as a six or a six, or he was a, he was a guy. Can I identify as a woman? Sure. Can I identify as a six foot five woman? Well, no, you can't really do that. Can I identify as a six foot five Chinese woman? Well, that's too far. And he was trying to get to the point of, okay, what, by what standard? And, um, I had this debate with my class. I showed my class. No wonder I got reprimanded. Um, They loved it. They had a wonderful debate. And the sentiment in the class was not this crazy woke thing you would expect from a 17 or 18 year old now. And this was only eight years ago. And but we watched it as educators filter into the school and be pushed down our throat. And you just realize, listen, kids are indoctrinated for better, for worse, Mm -hmm. you know, Propaganda, to go back to our Catholicism, it literally means a propagation of belief. So propaganda is bad if what you're propagating is bad. Propaganda is good if what you're propagating is true. And the propaganda that's being thrown at these kids is just demonstrably evil. They are doing things to harm their bodies. I went to the March for Life last year. I saw David Menzies there in, in Ottawa. And these poor kids... It was broke my heart, you know, these 16 year old kids and they've cut their breasts off and stuff and they're not wearing shirts because they're a guy now and they're just out there. And it's like, it's so tragic and you don't get there. It just didn't exist the way it, it didn't exist 10 years ago. It's because it's being taught to the kids. And again, if a person grows up and they make a decision to do something that I think is wrong, this is called living in a society. It is what it is but you don't get to teach things to children that harm them forever. And that's the problem.
0: Yeah. I had a friend um, who used to look at kids who suddenly uh, caught this social contagion and she would look at them and say, you know, we have to have compassion. These kids are future suicides if we don't do Mm -hmm. something. And really that's what it is because there will come a time where they will realize that they've been misled by everybody they trusted so that just the extreme Mm -hmm. sense of betrayal and the realization of what they've done to their bodies i don't know how you come back from that and there's the whole other side you have a daughter i've got a daughter a couple of daughters Mm -hmm. this this idea that men are women
2: Mm -hmm.
0: changes the world they live in for the worse My daughter is an elite level rugby player. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: The day that she has to square off against a boy in the ruck is the last game she ever plays after she's worked her whole life. And you know, that's just my daughter. I mean, this sort of thing is robbing opportunity from hardworking girls all over the world. And the feminists are like this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Again, you don't have to be religious. It's just about the natural law. Yeah. You know, there are just, you know, uh, if you say something's right or you say something's wrong, okay, you're appealing to a standard that just is there. You know, it's like the Constitution of the United States. You know, these truths are self evident. There's just certain things that are self evident. It is self evident that men and women are different. It is self evident that not only are they different physiologically, but they have certain predispositions that are feminine and certain predispositions that are masculine. They share a lot, but some of them are unique. Um, And we can't eradicate these. We can't, you know, ironically, Michael Knowles saying we have to eradicate this ideology from society. He's literally just saying the photo negative of what the leftists are saying, because they'll say things all the time. You know, we have to destroy, we have to eradicate white white privilege or Mm -hmm. whatever, right? Pick the thing. And it's like, that's insane. You know, so I think Michael knows is correct. But if you're using the same methods, you can't be mad at the guy for using the same, you know, for using the opposite. And you mentioned these kids that are abused or these kids that are future suicides and stuff. This is a sad reality as well. And I taught in a high school with a thousand kids and I've taught elementary school. If I think of the dozen or so kids that were in the school that sort of got into the gender stuff. Almost all of them were from disordered, broken and abused homes. I can't. I actually think all all the ones I'm thinking of. I can't think of one kid who came from you know a quote unquote like you know white middle class home that was everything was hunky dory intact families. I'm sure there are. I'm just saying I can't think of a single one. Um, it was almost always kids who came from homes where there was a fatherhood problem, a drug problem, multiple dads sort of thing extreme poverty and there has got to be a predatory nature to how these people are going after these kids what's with the great st- drag queen story hours like can we just i mean i know you guys talk about it we talk about a life site this is nothing new to us but my goodness how do we get to the point where you know i've got five children and we've got a library 100 meters from our house and luckily we're in a small town nothing kind of woke has happened there yet but how are we at the point? Yeah. That, that I'm like, my wife wants to take kids to the library. And I'm thinking, we need to double check if a naked man is going to dress up like a woman with a thong on and 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 with rainbow sunglasses. What is going on? Yeah. You know, it's it's really is crazy and it all comes from a place of the denial of reality. And of, and of course it's predatorial. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it to kids.
0: Well, that's the thing. You want to read a book to kids? Yeah, read a book to kids.
2: Yeah, put some <laughs> what, clothes on.
0: <laughs> what do I care? Why do you have to do it in sequined ladies underpants? Like, why do you have to do it in a cross ses- sex burlesque costume? And one so of, weird. one of the questions I get all the time is, Sheila, why are parents doing this? Why are they taking them mm-hmm. there? And, you know, the, for so many parents on the left, they don't see their child as, um, you know, I see my kids as I have these three, opportunities to make the world a better place okay. so i have to do it right i have to make sure that they are good productive people who will to use jordan peterson's language bring order out of chaos to do good in the world not just be gr- good or try to be good uh, but do good around them and i think the left sort of sees their children as an accessory mm-hmm. like a like a button on their jean jacket that says like love wins That's how they look at their children, and you know. To to, again, I try to avoid turning the show into Sheila's Catechism Hour, but you know what? There were always (laughs) there were always parents willing to, for whatever reason, put their babies up on the altar of Moloch, and yes, you know. Well, no, you're right.
2: It looks different
0: ways in different times, but this is how it looks today.
2: It is, and also I think a lot of parents. you know, if you don't have strong v- values, even if even even if you're whatever different denomination of a religion, but if you yeah. don't have strong foundation in an absolute truth yeah. that you believe you are beholden to for the sake of the salvation of your soul, if that's not something that you're willing to stick by, um, then you're gonna fall for things. And also, too, I mean, we could have an analogy here with all the COVID stuff we went through um why did so many people fall for this for the for the the narrative for the scam for whatever you want to call it you know we can believe different things about the virus but why do people fall for that thing that whole that whole paradigm and it's because for the longest time we've had this marxist inspired school mechanism where we are told that from a young age that we have it's funny they got rid of original sin and they called it white privilege Mm. They got rid of it, you know, like we're told that we have a problem that can only be fixed by the experts. And this is, this is long before COVID. This is long before Drake Queen's story hour. So you get to the point of, well, listen, like I talked to a family member who lives out in Vancouver and he went all woke and he's like, well, Kennedy, you know, I got to recognize about myself that it's like 2020 and I've got to like embrace the way things are going. Cause like, I can't be a bigot. And I'm like, who said you were a bigot? Yeah. Well, the culture said you were a bigot. The mechanism said you are a bigot. You were told that your traditional values uh, were psychologically disordered. And I think a lot of parents, they're just, they've imbibed this. And it's like, well, the public education system's good. The public library is good. The prime minister's good. They're telling me I should do this. So if I'm going to be good, I have to. I really think it's that simple.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you have a, a wonderful point there. Uh, now, sticking with, well, not sticking with, but it seems as though a lot of good things are happening over at the Daily Wire lately. Matt Walsh, Catholic yeah. like us, he called out Christian leaders for their absolute silence, by and large, not not mm-hmm. exclusively, on the issue of uh, drag queen story hours and transgenderism and pastors getting arrested. Uh, Tucker Carlson, same thing. Where are the professional Christians while mm-hmm. pastors are getting arrested? Um, and it, ha- it came from my own church, you know, when, when yeah. um, Tim Stevens is going to church for or going to jail for not turning away a congregant at the door um, being Mm -hmm. unable to sign conditions that would force him to turn away congregants um, Mm -hmm. or when James Coates is being incarcerated for um, five weeks for the very same thing. You could hear a pin drop throughout the Christian movement in this country with again, very few exceptions. Why is that happening?
2: Oh man. I mean, I guess from a religious perspective, almost nobody believes in hell anymore. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like yeah. the idea that you actually have to be like Christ and die that way. And like, you can't just apostatize because the government told you to. That's anathema to so many people, even conservatives. Sure. Even people who are morally conservative uh, because they've adopted this very modern postmodernist biblical scholars attitude of like, you know, uh, Christianity is about finding the best version of yourself. Uh, and this is our tradition. And yes, we're pro-life and pro-marriage because those things are better for you. It's very human centered. Yeah. Whereas these, these pastors and these priests who were willing to do things underground or, you know, however they chose to do it, but like to say, I'm going to serve my flock no matter what. Um, They have a horror, they have a vertical mindset. They look up to God. They don't look, They don't look horizontal to man uh, because they understand that we're ordered towards God. So that's just gone in a lot of people. You know, we suffer we're suffering in the Catholic church because of some of the leadership. And it's the same problem as what's happening in the Protestant denominations. And, you know, these few men who stick their heads up, like father Altman down in the States or these canceled priests and stuff, they stick their head up and a bishop whacks it down. And, um, and then I guess from a very natural perspective, um cities or whether it's um, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, tax breaks or whether it's grants or whatever the thing is, they get financially compensated. they get,, um, they get uh, sustained by government either programs or funding. And here in Canada, I remember talking to the Justice Center for free, for constitutional freedoms back in May of 2020. I found this is before they blew up, right? We got, yep. we have life Sighted, you get rebel. We've been we've been we've been uh, tr- trumpeting these guys the whole time because they've done such great work, but they were very small then. And uh, I messaged them on Twitter and I said, "Why is it that my my church has to be closed, even though we in theory have freedom of religion?" And he said, "The difference between us and the states." is that property rights are constitutional in the States. Mm -hmm. In Canada, they're not. Common law is supposed to be... Common law works great if the people are sane. Yeah. (laughs) So, in, in the spirit of the law would not be to take somebody's church for holding Easter service. But he said the problem is technically it's not protected by the Constitution, so the government can just take your property. And... And if you have a license, which they have to, because they have public kitchens and things like that, they're literally licensed by the government. It's not a private residence. And he said, that's the issue. So I think from Canada, that's a very practical thing As these pastors knew that they would just get their churches taken away.
0: And then, you know, the ones that did, they continued to minister and actually their churches are growing. I know Tim Stevens, he's looking for a bigger facility, Grace Life. They're looking for a bigger facility. I think pastor Art's outgrown his facility. Um, and, and it just, it mm-hmm. is so disappointing, but also not because, you know, again, Sheila's catechism, our, we're also told these things are, would happen. And, and yes, you know, this is a church that is soaked in the blood of martyrs. And I'm looking at my church saying, uh, why are you scared of Dina Hinshaw? And it, that happened D- yeah. universally. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. We just, we just had a, mar- a men's conference. Uh, my chapel put on a, a men's conference for, uh, it was, it was the Canadian martyrs men's conference. And the reason we chose the martyrs is because, Hey boys, uh, you know, you want to take back your country and, and have strong families and stuff. Look what those missionaries did who came over. They, they, and again, they loved the natives. Yeah, That's why they were willing to go and get scurvy just to t- preach them the gospel. You don't do that for somebody you don't like, um, and they were our heroes, you know. They they shed their blood for for to spread, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ to Canada. And uh, we need to recapture that. We need to recapture that spirit if we're going to beat this woke monster.
0: Um. Well, I know we. I said twenty minutes. We're way over. But I still want right. to. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. I don't have a meeting for another half an hour. So, um, I also uh, wanted to talk to you about how damaging the way the left talks is to the language. For example. Going back to mm-hmm. the Michael Knowles thing, the use of the word genocide or the use of the word Nazi yes. Nazi now just means anybody I disagree with or any prickly conservative who won't shut up when, when I scold them. That's what I mean. <laughs> now. The only people that actually helps are real Nazis because you serve to normalize one of the worst evils that's ever walked the face of the earth. Um I, What I found, and I hate to use the word offensive because offensive usually means you can't control your emotions, but what I found so offensive about labeling Michael Noel's speech genocide was that I've actually been to two places where a genocide actually took place. You know, when we I was in Poland for the climate change conference, my producer and I said, you know what, we're in Poland. When are we going to get this opportunity again? Let's jump on the train. Let's go out to Auschwitz. Let's see. Just (laughs) let's ground ourselves. And give ourselves that context when we're talking about this or when when somebody on the left tries to shut us up by calling uh, calling us Nazis, let's go look and see how damaging that is to the language and reality. Mm-hmm. But also in 2019, I was in the Nineveh Plain um, where the Christians mm-hmm. there survived the ISIS genocide and they've returned. You know, part of the reason I went there was because we were working with Um, Mercury one with the um, Nazarene fund. And we went there to say to the Christians, look, you've survived a genocide. How do we get you somewhere else that you need to go? How do, how do we get you from here? How do we resettle you? Uh, Mercury one works with churches. Um, How how do we help you give you what you need? And they said, we don't want to go. We need electricity. Uh, We need services in our town. We need to go back. We need to go back to Butnaya. ISIS will not take our home on the Nineveh plane. I saw where ISIS had defiled the church. They used the yeah. spire to um, a, as like a sniper's nest. They went to the mm-hmm. graveyard and dug up the graves of the Christians, smashed the headstones, turned it to rubble. Um, and it was funny. The local priest said, okay, well, I'm just going to take the rubble from the graveyard and turn it into um, paving stones in the new uh, children's um, Sunday school that he was building. So even even in that, he would not be defeated. But I, I've seen what an actual genocide looks like. Mm-hmm. You diminish the survivors of a genocide and how evil a genocide is by just saying somebody disagreed with me. You genocided me.
2: Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um... It's like little children having a tantrum. You know? They don't have any yeah. words left. So they just, he scratched me. You know, he, he daddy. <laughs> I died. He, my, my children do this all the time. Yeah. He, he tried to kill me. It's like, no, he didn't. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, daddy, he almost drowned me. It's like, you're wrestling in the water and you lost. They like yeah. didn't try to drown you, you know, and um, this is what they do. It, it really is sad. Like, you know, again, it doesn't even make sense. Grammatically, you can't genocide transgender because it's not like you couldn't even i don't even think that would count as genocide because it's not like some sort of identifiable like race of people like what does it even mean like does that mean you know buddy who dress up but we used to say transvestite i remember again you know this has gone so fast i remember being at university of ottawa and i worked in the starbucks at the chapters there oh so Uh, you saw it all (laughs) yeah but it wasn't that bad then like it was i mean this was there was a a a fella he was a man uh but he lived as a woman and he worked at the chapters and no one cared right because it was just like what he did he was very kept to himself very kind and uh but they called him a transvestite that's what he was called then you know and my point here is, is what does it even mean to be transgender? Like with all these things, how could you even say this is an identifiable group? I'm going to genocide. So it doesn't even really fit the definition Besides the fact that it cheapens the definition. Um, and it's just a boy who cried wolf. You know, you teach this to your kids. If you keep lying, then when something bad actually happens and no one's going to listen to you. Um, so I don't, I, I can't, I mean, I can't understand the left's mentality. It must be so exhausting. I mean, you know, to be so angry all the time. I can't imagine like like thinking everybody's like a mass murderer. That'd be such a terrible way to live. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you have fun? I don't know. It's so weird.
0: Well, yeah, like how do you have fun? How do you live your life when society is telling you that everybody who looks like you, Kennedy, is going to kill you, who wants to eradicate you from the face of the earth? No wonder they all have anxiety disorders on the left. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah, how do you live? I mean, I, you know, I work, I, I, I'm in a similar line of work at LifeSite News. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, yeah, there's some days I write some stories and man, it sucks. You know, I'm like, yeah. that was a real bad, you know, I wrote a story. Oh, I was, I wept at my desk. It was a story about this young man in Toronto who died from the jab and it was confirmed by a, a, an autopsy and it was really, really sad. His, his dad's on Twitter answers for Sean. It's kind of went yep. famous, this story. And I had to listen to the story like. You know the uh the the public uh in the uh like the town hall call he was calling into the meeting yeah. and stuff and and that was a really bad day for me you know and and so i what i'm saying is i get it like you can be conservative liberal and there's there's reasons why there's bad news but uh i can't imagine the leftist mentality of believing that people's immutable characteristics their race their gender, um, their ethnicity—like those things—make the person bad. Yeah, I mean, really, they're they're very racist. In this mm-hmm. case, so, but we need to understand they're very, very racist. The idea that white privileges can even be a term is insane. It's how on earth does a guy who lives in Slovenia in the nineteen nineties, you know, with the Balkan wars? have privilege this is this is ridiculous uh how does how does you know my no-no god rest his soul comes over to canada with my mom and her family in 1967 and he's 40 years old has to restart his life because italy's devastated after the wars and the communists are taken over after mussolini it's just no one goods in charge and uh he got, he's got to work you know 70 hours a week i mean his privilege was hard work yeah you know you can't tell me that this guy had some sort of magical white power that 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 got him like he didn't he just was like everyone else you know uh and you know the fact that this is you know we, we even think how do we even get to the point where we can talk about genocide well I guess it's it's the steps that got us there I mean again we, we're so inundated with these terms like white privilege but if you really break it down it's so racist like you are saying that a group of people have special powers because of their race. Can you imagine if you said that about anybody else and they won't allow you to anyway, it just, uh, it really is, it really is fascinating. And this would go back to the transgender thing because it's a denial of reality. Mm -hmm. You know, the reason why the left can, can, can advocate for transgenderism is because they have, they have decided that reality will not apply to them. You are a racist because you say white privilege isn't a thing, even though white privilege itself is racist. Therefore, you are also a bigot because you don't think children should mutilate themselves, even though that's what we think they should do. It's it's just it's, it's, it's like a disease.
0: Yeah. It's a mind virus. It really is. Yeah. Um, Kennedy, how do people find your work and support <laughs> your work? Um, tell them about your books. Um, sure. Tell everybody everything.
2: Sure. So, yeah, uh, I'm a journalist for LifeSite News. I think I tried to wear my company logo here to make my bosses happy. There you go. I love my company. It's a great place to work. Yep. Uh, us, True North, you guys, that's about it. <laughs> you know, Pretty Holding much. down the fort here in Canada. <laughs> and uh, it's a pleasure to be in, in uh, colleagues. Um, so, life site News, I write there two, three articles a day, Monday to Friday. You can find me there. Some commentary, some straight news. Um, I have a YouTube channel called The Kennedy Report. I do a bunch of very Catholic-themed stuff uh, there. Um. You can also uh I have uh two books. Um one is called uh Terror of Demons, Reclaiming Traditional Catholic Masculinity, and one is called Lockdown with the Devil. Uh, if you've ever read C.S. Lewis's Screwtape letters, uh it is that style of book and it follows a family through the lockdown uh and what the demons would do to their family. I, I actually I think it's a good book. And then I uh yeah, that's about it. That's all my stuff.
0: Oh, I didn't know about the second book i'm very excited i bought the first book for my friend who recently converted to catholicism and um starting his family and getting married i'm like this is the perfect book for you
1: cool Uh,
0: yeah uh and he really enjoyed it so uh kennedy thanks so much for coming on the show um i'm so sorry that this is the first time you've been on the show but hopefully you we will be able to repeat it very soon anytime come to the portion of the show where I invite your viewer feedback. Unlike the mainstream media, I actually care about what you think about the work that we're doing here at Rebel News. It's the reason I give out my email address right now. So if you want it, write it down. Although it's easy to remember, it's Sheila at RebelNews.com. Put gun show letters in the subject line so I know that you are sending me a letter directly related to the show because I do get some days, hundreds, <laughs> no exaggeration, hundreds of emails a day. But also, don't hesitate to leave a question or comment wherever you might find the work that we do on Rumble or Odyssey or the censorship platform of YouTube, even on the Facebook page or on the website. Leave a question or comment there, too. Sometimes I go looking over there. Now, today's letter actually landed in my email inbox. It comes to me from Wayne, and it's about a show I did a couple weeks ago with my friend, K2, Kian Simone, he's our chief documentary filmmaker here. And if you're watching this on Wednesday night, then as you are watching this, I am currently in the middle of our last live screening of Kean's latest documentary, Trudeau on Trial. To get details, you can go to trudeaontrial.com. So even if you aren't able to make it to the in-person screenings, if you are a subscriber to Rebel News Plus, you get early access to any of his documentaries, and it is also available in episodes on our main YouTube channel. So there are a couple of different ways that you can find the documentary, but I think the best way is in person with you know hundreds of friends you haven't met yet. Anyway, we were talking about um, what prompted Kean's documentary, it documents his time and all of our time, uh, to what we call the Trucker Commission, the Public Order Emergency Inquiry into Justin Trudeau's use of the Emergencies Act on peaceful anti regime protesters in the nation's capital. He used a wartime law, a counterterrorism law, on bounty castles and hot tub parties and um, horn honking. I, I mean, it's just crazy. He, he apparently, according to Commissioner uh, Paul Rouleau, was justified. Because those aforementioned bouncy castles amounted to a national security crisis that the government needed extraordinary tools to deal with. And, of course, the suspension of civil liberties, the arrests of leaders, the detainment of people without warrant, and the warrantless seizures of bank accounts. I mean, just insane. But anyway, Wayne writes to me, when you asked K2 last week what is next after the emergency commission inquiry, I thought he'd spill his guts, but no. Does no one at Rebel News believe that Justin Trudeau will not prorogue Parliament, or is that topic unmentionable on air? Well, I am currently mentioning it on air, so I don't know what you mean by that, but it's just not something that I think Justin Trudeau will do. Now, for those of you who don't know, proroguing Parliament is basically stopping and suspending Parliament. And it sounds extraordinary, but really it's not. It happens... Quite frequently, actually. In fact, it famously happened when um, the Liberals, the Bloc Québécois, and the NDP tried to form a coalition to stop Stephen Harper from forming a minority government. And so Harper prorogued Parliament, and he subverted their plan to take over Parliament. And so it happens from time to time. But I don't think Justin Trudeau will do that because he doesn't need to do that because the NDP are propping him up no matter what. Um, They wouldn't say that even if Justin Trudeau was found unjustified in using the Emergencies Act, that they would break their coalition with him. So why would he prorogue Parliament? He doesn't need to do anything to hang on to power because the NDP are mindless and irrelevant and have given over all their power to the liberals, as long as the liberals give them just a little bit of what they need, they'll give the liberals everything they need to hold on to power. It's quite pathetic, actually. Anyway, let's keep going. Has no one there read the Marxist handbook? I don't know what you mean by the Marxist handbook. So do you mean, um, the communist manifesto written by Karl Marx? Yes, I did read it. Um, Or do you mean um, American Marxism by the incredible Mark Levin? I also did read that that's sitting in here Uh, because uh, you want to know how this sort of crypto Marxism ends up in your institutions and what that means in practice in your everyday life when these people are walking through our institutions and changing things while we're too busy working hard and paying the bills. There's also the Sage Handbook of Marxism uh, because I thought, is there something that I'm missing the Marxist handbook? The Sage Handbook on Marxism, I went, I dug that one um, up on the internet and I thought that one was kind of funny because it's, it's a university level textbook, but it costs 400 uh, British pounds to buy, which hardly seems Marxist to me, right? Don't they want everything to be free? Anyway, um, so yes, I have read it indeed. Um, Wayne goes on to write, there is a tidal wave of criminal culpability for which countless politicians and bureaucrats are answerable to. They would simply not allow that to happen. I don't think they're ever going to be fully accountable. I I just don't think so. With the remainder of his mandate, does anyone doubt that the prime minister would not solidify his power base? Again, he already has. Uh, And the way the... Ridings are laid out in Canada. It doesn't matter. We continue to vote in the West against Justin Trudeau, almost solidly blue. And it doesn't matter because the power base for the liberals has been solidified and it's been solidified for years. So they don't really need to do any sort of Marxist uh, seizure of power. It's already been done through the distribution of ridings to Vancouver and to the GTA and Montreal. You don't need to seize control of this country in some sort of communist revolution. The suburban moms in the GTA are already doing that for Justin Trudeau. Once in power, dictatorship does not accede to the seemingly antiquated suffrage system. Even if Justin Trudeau steps down, his replacement would be just as tyrannical. Oh, I don't doubt that. Look at the um, talent bench of the liberals. Who would, if Justin Trudeau just said, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to go back to surfing and smoking dope. Who would replace him? Christia Freeland. She cackled like some sort of goblin. When she froze people's bank accounts, for the crime of simply disagreeing with Justin Trudeau on vaccine mandates, she cackled. She devastated families, and she thought it was funny. So, yeah, would his replacement be justice tyrannical? I actually think she would be worse, because Justin Trudeau is an idiot. She is slightly less idiotic. I don't think she's an intelligent woman, but she doesn't even pretend to give a damn. So I think that's quite sinister. Who in this country would protest the suspension of elections? I don't need to suspend elections. You know you're going to win. Any civil protest would not be met by Mr. Nice Guy next time. They weren't met with Mr. Nice Guy this time either in Ottawa. Can you disabuse me of this mindset? I'm not disabusing you of the mindset that Justin Trudeau is a tyrannical idiot or that his replacement would be probably worse i'm just saying that the way the canadian electoral system is broken down in the system in which we exist he doesn't have to have some sort of dictatorial coup because of vancouver and toronto and montreal's voting habits unfortunately that's just the way it is so i i I don't know what the solution is to fix that, but that's the system in which we live. And as an Albertan, I'm keenly, keenly aware of the unfairness of it all. Well, that's the show for tonight. Wayne, I hope that answered your question. Um, There's not anything at Rebel News that is unmentionable on air. Um, We, I don't, I can't speak for K2, but I just, I don't think that Justin Trudeau will prorogue Parliament to indefinitely hang on to power. I just don't think he needs to. Um, Anyways, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time in the same place next week. And as always, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.